0: Welcome to the Bad Podcast,
1: the podcast about three Asian dudes from the Bay
0: who only want one thing—real
2: we'll talk. talk. Welcome back to the Bad Podcast. It's episode four, and today we're going to be talking about music in the Bay. Hey, yeah, what I mean? Where I mean? Yeah, what I mean? All right. Today we're going to be talking about music from the Bay, it's something that at least I, th- I think all of us are pretty passionate about. So the question of the day is: What is the biggest thing you miss about the hyphy movement?
1: I'm going to go with tall tees and Air Force Ones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got the jabodes.
1: I can live without the jabodes. In fact, I did live without the jabodes, but I sincerely miss the all-white Air Force Ones. I mean, I guess they didn't really go out of style, but
0: nah, definitely not. You can not still before. find you can still find tall white tees at, at yeah. Finish Line.
1: So. But they're not like four for twenty dollars like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like one
2: for twenty. Yeah. Did you actually get to wear all that? Because I was not allowed. to.
1: I, yeah, I did. My parents were oh, pretty liberal with my style.
0: I was not allowed to wear that. <laughs> I didn't even know where to buy that. I think that's my biggest problem. Like, because you know, I, like, I, I bought all my clothes at Target. Shit in high school. So that's you, you know, mean, I Target. Yeah, Target. And I was living in Marin, so like, I, it's st- uh, it was like tall tees, but make it Lacoste like, polos. It was just like, it was just like extra large lacoste polos on, on dudes. And I was like, that's just expensive. So like, hi guys. Okay, yeah. I'm going to show up in my Mosimo Polo from Target. The um, exactly. Uh, this about most about the hyping movement. It was an identity of the Bay, I feel like. So I just, I, I yeah. think, you know what I miss? I, I miss sideshows and ghost riding the whip for sure. And watching suburban kids do it, it was the most entertaining <laughs> <super kid> ever. <laughs> Did they actually do that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh son- my gosh. That in our parking lot we do that shit all the time. And they're and they're definitely in their benzes, their beamers, whatever.
1: <laughs> the dads jag
0: you all. Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> and then the principal would roll by and say, like,
0: Hey, it's after
2: school. <laughs> do here." Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, sorry, Mr. Smith <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. One of the biggest things I miss at least is, you know, kinda of like the music. It brought a lot of exposure to the bay. For sure. And to me, You know, those songs slapped. Yeah, and so that kind of leads us into, you know, the first half talking about music. Was there any type of music that you were able to like listen to openly or more importantly, like not able to listen openly? My
1: answer to this question revolves around a single principle. Blast whatever music made me sound badass and turn down any music that wasn't that. (laughs) The problem with that principle is that my alignment on "Badass" was crooked like a candy cane back in the day, because all music is cool, guys. To our listeners, all music, whatever you're listening to, is cool. That's true. Okay, but all right. But really, two artists that like that I played loud and proud when I was younger, growing up, was uh, Lincoln Park and Chris Brown. And two artists that had to come through the earphones was all my initial D music. Uh, <laughs> Anime, shout out anime gang, and nice. uh, and all my Dance Dance Revolution tracks.
0: Yeah. Did but, you like, Did you
2: listen like, to that while you're driving?
1: Uh, oh, definitely. It made me drive faster. Actually, <laughs> I could of get course. to point A to point B faster if I was listening to all my technologies. no
0: now, now I, all I hear is butterfly in my head now. <laughs> 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 but you know, I think like
1: that's, I think that's a hella interesting question because like one thing I would add is that social media, um, like social media then is not what it is today. Like your music choice what you were listening to perhaps invited harsher judgment from your peers as a result mm-hmm. you know like like look at all the tiktok songs that we're listening to or like not we but like that are getting popular these days right. right like some of them are like goofy as fuck would not pass as cool perhaps back in the day but like if you can look like a badass <laughs> on social media while you're vibing to it, it it's cool right and like we didn't really have that like social media buffer back then so it felt more like people judged you more strictly based on what you were listening to
2: we had myspace
1: I, yeah but it's not like it's not like what it is today right like it's not yeah, like- yeah,
2: yeah. you're like making some sort of like dance with doja cat yeah
0: exactly
2: because exactly. uh, yeah, i think doja cat kind of got famous from tiktok or like her songs and then it kind of blew it from there
0: yeah i definitely agree she was like a meme before and then it became like a, now she's like an artist. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy to see how those platforms accelerate it. This was an interesting question, um, for me too, just in terms of like able to listen to, so it's funny because at home, the, the, the thing there's like, for me, it was almost like three different parts to it. Like what I listened to in front of friends, what I listened to in the car by myself when I was driving home. And then when I listened to it like at, at home, uh, like at home, like pretty much anything explicit was like not something I played out loud, um, not even, even Linkin Park, like just my mom, like, I thought it was like noise, like especially like Chester screaming and everything. So <laughs> I definitely didn't listen to that at home either. I felt like the stuff I listened to at home was more like, I, I'd say like generic nineties, like top hits, I guess, or like early 2000s, top hits, if you will, like late nineties, like back, like a uh, like, uh, boy like band. You
2: would hear in KOIT. Yeah,
0: pretty much like, yeah, exactly. Like they pretty much played play that in the background and you're, you're pretty much good. In front of the friends, yeah. Is there anything that was like, I was anything that had to do with the high movement because it was really big in high school, right? So any E-40, Kiek the Sneak. Um, yeah, so music like that was like, what everyone was like kind of listening to. But what I listened to when no one was around, man, I was I was a sad boy. So I was like all up in my field. <laughs> so no, seriously, I, like, so I was like, anything that was like instrumental or like emo. Um, so like- So like
2: Evanescence.
0: Yeah, like Evanescence, <laughs> uh, simple plan for sure. Like that was a vibe. Uh, what was it, what was big? Death Cab for Cutie. All kinds of stuff like that, man. It, it just, yeah, I was like, all input put my feels, and then randomly, and then you sprinkle in a little like girl pop artist, like Vanessa. I, I didn't know. No, Vanessa Carlton is that is that is that right? Like making my way downtown, walking fast. I always do this. Okay, do you ever watch White yeah. Girls?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that's, yeah uh, sure that's, that's Avril Lavigne, right? No, absolutely not. <laughs> that's wow. I'm pretty Oop. sure that's Vanessa Carlton. Uh, and then oh, like yeah. Michelle Branch, like we just like. Again, like just like guitar and solo voices. So yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like my my music chases were like all over the place.
2: Do you feel like you guys still more or less like censor what you listen to in front of other people?
0: A lot less, a lot less. I, I just at this point, I just rock it loud and proud. I think a lot of it also has to do with just like being more comfortable with who I am. So I feel like yeah. in, I mean, high school being high school, right? I mean, just like, you're harsh you're so judgely on like the smallest things. But like now that I'm in my 30s, like I could give a shit. Like if you like my taste in music or not, it's my it's my taste in music. So I, I, I'm definitely more, I listen to anything I want openly. And depending on my mood, so. I'm kind of glad
2: you guys said it because I was kind of like in the similar vein. Right. Where I, I was younger, <laughs> obviously, I liked listening to like rap and hip hop, but parents would just be like, yeah, that's a no-go from, from us <laughs> and so you know like couldn't really listen to that and then as i got through eventually grew up to who i am now i just started listening to openly you know now my parents listen to it with me i mean not like if they're in the car
0: you know, li- they are just... to like hard style with you in the car oh yeah i did that once just to oh see what they would
2: you know just to get a reaction see where their headspace was at in yeah. terms of like what do, you, what do you think of this new age music
0: <laughs> just noise probably
2: yeah, my mom said, this is headache music.
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, I mean, actually, quick qu- sidebar. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what did you first listen to music on? I mean, because we talked about playing music at home, but like, did you guys play it on like a stereo system, a boom? Like, what what were you like listening to music on at home? boombox, uh, how old do you think I am? I, I mean, hey, I had a stereo That's system a in my, in my well, I mean, it was a stereo, quote unquote, stereo system. Yeah, I, I you know, know what I mean? mean uh, yeah,
1: like a little record player on top of it.
0: Yeah, like it could play like tapes and and, and, like maybe a six CD changer. You know, and like two small speakers. I had like a tape player. Yeah, so it was like
2: and then eventually and then I got a CD player. Yeah. And then I remember getting an MP3 player with like 256 megabytes.
0: Yeah. Wow. And I was
2: like, this is sick. (laughs) And then that had like so much room five. Yeah. And then it's like this is like the hype or the peak of what is it? LimeWire. Oh, my God yeah and then so you know i had my Jurassic five i had like you know a Jurassic lot of
0: 5, yes what uh wait what was your first mp3 player
2: i have no idea i accidentally broke it at some <laughs> point I, I like left it in my pocket put it in the washer and I put it in the line then yeah, okay. <laughs> what
1: about you dude oh man i mean it's pretty much the same story you know got the i got the cassette player first i think it had radio so that's kind of how i got some exposure to stuff on the radio but um yeah next up was a cd player and i would just say that my cd player was the one that i mean it was like the really primitive ones where if you shook it even a little bit it would skip oh yeah and i know for perhaps some of the younger generation it's hard to imagine but like if you didn't keep your cd player perfectly still it would skip over certain like parts of the song maybe even skip to the next track kind of thing and so it wasn't a while until later on like a very good friend of mine who i'm just gonna nickname the letter a um gave me his like mp3 cd player and it had that like shake resistance and it could play like
0: 50, songs. Yeah. And
1: I was like, this is the epitome of cool kind of thing. <laughs> shout out it's, that
0: guy. It's just so interesting to see that evolution, right? It was just like, it's funny. Cause I feel like our generation will be the only one to really experience that like going, yeah. like having such rapid changes in such yeah. a short period of time. Definitely. Cause like our take. parents, right. Cause our parents before us, at least from my dad's experience, it was like records. And then like, they maybe got the tape, right. In the younger eight <laughs> track player, right. And then uh, the generation after us pretty much has, has only known. Um, I mean, not even oh, MP3, oh, yeah. like literally, like just like like huge storage devices, even like streaming devices, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, you don't oh, yeah. own the song. So, you literally just pay for a subscription. But I think, like, going from that, like, recording on uh, like having tapes to like CDs, burning CDs, to yes. going to like, like I remember, my first MP3 player also was like 256 megs, and I was like, "There's no way it's gonna ever get bigger than this." <laughs> I I remember, Thirty songs, yeah, and like then triple than like, what a CD. Has. And then a gig came out, and my mind was blown. It's like a gigabyte. <laughs> How many bytes is this? Like, you know what I mean? I was just like mind blown. And now, I'll
1: never need that much.
0: And now, na- and nowadays, so if you have like 300 gigs on like any device, you're like that's not enough space for all the applications <laughs> I need. So it's just it's crazy to see the evolution, man.
2: Yeah. Did you guys ever get like the the first ipod
1: i did i had one well it wasn't like the first one it wasn't the one that was like all yeah. white but it was yeah. like the generation that came after that
0: i didn't uh because it was really expensive and my parents were like now nah, i'm paying for that you and also that. i feel like there was a period like it's same thing with like you know, like there's the Android iPhone battle now. I felt like back then when the I- iPod first came out, iPod was like the cool thing. But you would like there's a ton of people who were like, oh, you can get like more space on this other like, you know, whatever, like MP3 player. And like, yeah, it's so much cooler, blah, blah, blah. But then like after a period of time, everyone just switched over.
2: Yeah, it was iPod versus Zune.
0: Oh, that's right. Zune. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah.
2: And as we kind of like talk about like change over time, when at some point, when did you start noticing your taste in music?
0: kind of change or evolve i noticed my taste in music changed when i got to college i think the more so just because i was exposed to so many different people and from so many different backgrounds right it wasn't just like my hometown right it wasn't just the people i grew up around in the same town that's when i really got exposed to like reggae music um i got exposed to like even like folk music because santa cruz being hippie as it is right like stuff like that like uh, indie music things like that and so i think that like really started to like broaden my horizons, you know, I think in high school, I just kind of stuck to like, you know, what was on the radio, it was like, what was pop and like some hip hop and uh, classical because my parents listened to that stuff. But like, in terms of like really expanding like all the different genres, like it probably was college when I noticed, at least I was exposed to more of it. In terms of like my personal taste changing, I would say it was actually like post college, kind of like settling in and like kind of picking each, like picking what I like from each. And like, I think today I try and keep that mentality of like just being open to music, like not necessarily feeling like I have, like I stick with one genre. Like I try and just like, if there's cool songs in one area, then I'll, I'll pick that up. So I still enjoy everything from country, hip hop, I guess, EDM, pop, I mean, you name it. So I just, I feel like I just embraced a lot more and I continue to do that. Even like Hawaiian music and like things like that. Right. I've just like, try to keep, stay as open as possible.
1: I would like to say that my taste has changed since my adolescence. Because that sounds like the cool thing to say, but you know, I'm not gonna lie. I I'm pretty sure my personal taste hasn't really changed at all. I think I would Mm -hmm. really echo what Han said. Like, obviously, I was very exposed to different stuff growing up. Like, right, like like in college, I joined the Indian student uh, organizations, like hip hop team, and they like kind of opened me up to like bhangra. And like bollywood and stuff like that and i was like oh like Sick. i can get down with this like yeah it's kind of cool like but i wouldn't say that like i personally gravitate towards that, that kind of music i'm like mm. open to it open to listen to it i'll get down to it like at a party kind of thing or at a wedding whatever um I, you know i'll listen to it perhaps at my own free time if like i'm feeling that way but personally i would say i gravitate more towards the music that i've always been listening to my entire mm. life you know which is just more or less like what's popular or um, like upbeat music. But one thing I will say is that, you know, with the decline in the popularity of R and I have not really sought out new like R and B artists or new R and B hits. You know, like when we were when we were younger, it was really popular to like listen to like I don't know, like Neo or Avant oh, stuff okay. like that. Like like the like the R and B <sighs> artist uh, demographic was like really big. And now I feel like it's not not like less or limited, but it's just not as popular. And so I haven't really went out to seek it.
2: That's but, really you know, good point then would you say like with Spotify and TikTok, do you think they like helped expose a lot of artists that you otherwise wouldn't wouldn't have? Or do you think like some of those types of like algorithms or, you
0: know, stuff like that kind of like stifle or hurt some of them, like mm. some of these artists? I wanna say it's given more exposure, to be honest with you. Just like, I, the, there's so many artists now, right? I feel like people, like you said, like even with Doji Cat, like being able to get popular via things like social media have really helped to accelerate those careers. Cause I feel like, at least when we were growing up, that there were a set amount of artists that were out there because like you had to like get signed to a, a music contract and then, you know what I mean? And so, whereas now, like there's an, uh, so many independent artists, like there's there's everything from SoundCloud rappers to you know, like, but you know what I mean, SoundCloud rappers to just like people who put out their own independent music. So I feel like yeah. I want to say social media has helped to expose more talent out there than there was before.
2: Yeah, I think that's something that I've thought about is Spotify and is TikTok. You know, are these platforms good for the music industry? Obviously, Mm -hmm. there's like a large argument against Spotify and stuff like that. But I was just kind of curious and just wanted to pick your brains about it or your thoughts on it. For sure.
0: What about you, Doug? When did you notice your taste change?
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, my taste in music changed a lot. Even coming from middle school, I kind of had like the general, like top 40 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And as I kind of went to high school, then I, I got a little bit more exposed to like hip hop and rap. I started listening to like a lot of reggae. And then at some point, you know, I played instrument growing up. So I was like, not that I was exposed to like a lot of music, but I probably maybe even exposed more than like most in that sense. But as I kind of, you know, similar to you Han, like as I kind of got into college, then it became more of like finding myself. I don't know if that's mm-hmm, the right mm-hmm. term, but it's maybe a little too cliche. But then I started to really experiment with like what other types of music. Then I came across country, then I came across, and I actually really liked country. Mm-hmm. I still listen to country now. Obviously I did a little bit of classical and I really enjoyed classical. Yeah. And then I got into like heavy metal and I still enjoy heavy metal. Then. I really enjoyed like the whole mobile rap and SoundCloud rap stuff like that and emo rap. Oh, yeah, I'm an-
0: I am anti that. I'm sorry, dude. I, I, <laughs> I cannot agree with you. I think you know,
2: sound, you know, it, as long as it appeals to you, I personally try to share my oh, music. Oh, we know. For- oh, we know. Yeah, yeah we know. Oh, That's why we share. never pass you the aux chord in the car. <laughs>
1: when you were like, but- it's kind of cliche that I was trying to find myself the music, I was like, it's cliche, but it matches your situation like perfectly, right on the money.
0: Yeah, listeners, if you're ever in a car with Doug. Uh, never give him the OsCorp because you'll hear. No. Something that you're not. Really- no,
1: you should definitely give him the OsCorp. <laughs> you will find some things thank, thank that you've you. never heard before.
2: <laughs> thank you. Because Han, take your wife for example. She uh-huh. said she didn't like hearts. She told me she didn't like hearts though. That's true. Played a few songs and you know you just don't know that you don't like that <laughs> genre of music yet.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, just something that came up and something that Daniel you said that I actually really resonated with, and I want to uh, jump back on, which is you're right. I am more open to music, but in terms of like the question, which is like my taste in music or what do I actually like fall back on it? I still do fall back on sort of the same things. I would say I, I still gravitate to, I think if it were like my top three, I would say R and B for just, I think it's just like for whatever reason, just like the, the lyrics and just like the message in it, it was just always something that I, I like vibed with to whenever I felt like rebellious, hip hop was definitely there for me in terms of just like wanting to go hard and just like, I don't know, just, I felt like, I don't know, just feeling badass. Uh, and then EDM is pretty much when I want a party. So <laughs> I feel like it depends on what mood I'm in, but those are definitely the three that I'd say I fall back on the most.
2: I couldn't help it, but you said Yvonne earlier and you're saying like R&B message.
0: So it's like Yvonne making good love. <laughs> yeah, man. Message. Absolutely. But I mean, even outside of that, just like, I just like R&B music is the stuff that I like I like sing to in the car, in the shower, like, you know what I mean. I, I don't know, just something like just like get up on your feels about like recently I, I re-listened to a uh, new Editions, Can you stand the rain? I don't know if you're, you guys are familiar with that one. Okay, boomer. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you uh, a millennial? <laughs> yeah, I am a millennial, but yes, I don't know. It's just it, it's again. I if you haven't listened to it, and for listeners, if you haven't listened to it, check it out. New Edition, Can you stand the rain? The the literally the, the chorus goes, um, sunny days Sing everyone it. loves. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that. Sunny <laughs> days, everyone loves them. But tell me, baby, can you stand the rain? I'm just like, ooh, I feel that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone likes Sunny Days, but can you stand the rain? Can you? So I don't know. It just like stuff like that. just makes you just gravitate towards that music all the time. You just yeah. gotta get on
1: your You Got served vibes. Take off your shirt. Go in the rain with your yeah. jeans and oh, your sneakers. Sure. Listen to that song. And you're gonna come out with some, some good dance moves. In your Air Force Ones.
2: just don't crease it
0: and your boats
2: (laughs) and your your boats that will take us to our bad break so our fun fact for the bad break is the origin of hip-hop was actually started by a guy named dj cool Herc, and he started hip-hop at a birthday party in the Bronx. So he, what he did was he created a signature, like innovation of what I guess hip hop, you know, kind of started out to be. And he was observing how the crowds would react to different parts of the record and whatever he happened to be playing. In his words, I was noticing how people used to wait for, in particular parts of, for the record to dance, maybe to do their specialty move those moments tended to occur at the drum breaks. The moments in a record when the vocals and other instruments would drop out completely for a measure or two of pure rhythm, what Herc decided to, to was to use two turntables in a typical DJ setup, not as a way to smooth the transition between two records, but as a way to switch back and forth between two copies of the same record, extending the short drum break that the crowd must, most wanted to hear. He called this trick the merry-go-round. Today, it is known as the breakbeat. That's actually totally really dope, purpose. though. I
0: actually didn't know that. That's actually really yeah, sick. so did
1: I. Like, I knew a lot about Grandmaster Flash mm-hmm. and, like, how he took what Cool Herc did and, like, evolved it. But I didn't really know, like, the foundation of what you were talking about with, like, how DJ Cool Herc Invented it, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I really yeah. thought it was interesting how, like you said, like instead of using, I think we typically see or stereotypically see the the two two records on a table to switch between back and forth. I think one of the greatest examples of that in, in movie cinema is um, straight out of Compton, where you see Dr. Dre doing that kind of in the movie. But I think like playing the same record and then extending certain parts of it using that, I think it's just it's incredible. I'm mm. thinking about it that way. If you want to watch a good Netflix show, The Get
2: Down, really good. <laughs> oh yeah. Get down, get down. down. (laughs) So that'll take us to the second half of our questions. We kind of just want to bring it back to the San Francisco Bay Area scene to both of you guys. Why do you guys think the music scene never really blew up in the Bay Area? In my opinion, San Francisco has a lot of diverse culture, especially, you know, before any of us were born, you know, Atlanta has, has a lot of like deep seated, like music culture, LA, New Orleans, like even like Nashville, Austin, and one, one city that I actually did not know that had like a huge music scene was actually Seattle. You know, why do you think it never blew up? I mean, besides the whole hyphy movement and it just never like carried Mm -hmm. out carried beyond that
1: I think it's a stigma honestly you know I'm gonna call back to what I think is like the, the most culture rich time in in at least like San Francisco's history relevant to this topic which would be right around like the 60s and 70s right a time when like peace and love was the center of attention and I know I'm, I'm boiling it down a lot here but things like the summer of love you know 1967 the flower children hate Ashberry, You know, being a center of acceptance for the LGBTQ community and, you know, the heroin epidemic that occurred right around the same time. And so I'm not framing this history as like a bad mark on the Bay Area. Mm. Absolutely not. Right. It's part of our history and heritage and culture. But I think that the music industry probably thought that they had more to lose than to gain by repping the Bay and and its chaotic image during this time. You know what Mm. I mean? And I think that this fueled L.A. as the hub for entertainment, you know music or otherwise because it was right next door and it already had a long track record of, of making stars in Hollywood. And so, you know, it already had the the infrastructure set up to handle entertainment. And so, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of my take, but I don't, I, I wasn't around during that time. Maybe I'm completely wrong.
0: <laughs> I have two thoughts on this. On one hand, I want to disagree with you, Doug. I actually think that the music scene Is good in the Bay Area. I think we, you know, with Outside Lands being the biggest festival, I'd say in San Francisco proper is probably one of my favorites. um, Just even to go to because it's super chill, super relaxed. Also, it's in our back neighborhood, but you know, I think that it creates a lot of, it spurs a lot of creativity. There's always a ton of artists that I don't know, and so I was trying to go to different stages and hear um, different types of music. Um, that also being said, I think I've always enjoyed when it was around Yoshi's and going to listen to jazz music there. Um, uh, there's some cool clubs like Slim's and stuff like that, that also played a lot of good music from, from relatively unknown artists. And even, uh, there was, um, I would say dam SF, uh, dance art music, San Francisco or style fashion by, uh, one of my former friends uh, not former friends, one of my friends who, who started that, you know, they really try to spur art in the Bay Area. But I think there's two things that I would say that is blocking it. So though I disagree with you, Doug, in saying that there is still a music scene here, it's definitely not the same as you would find it in other cities. Like I've been to right. Austin and like, you can go to any bar and there's incredible live music. Right. And you just don't yeah. find that in San Francisco. I definitely agree. But I'd say two things stifle it the most. Number one, controversial, but I think tech. Tech yeah. I think is what is stifled. <laughs> no, honestly, I think tech has stifled the music scene tremendously because it, it, it basically priced musicians and, and people who are, do art in the city, out of the city. And so yeah. I think a place where, you know, San Francisco used to be known as like the hippie central and, and, you know, a center of art and music really got priced out, right? And so people, it's hard to be a musician, you know, in the Bay. It's just, it's, it's, it's just almost possible to do so. So That's I think fair. tech has definitely played a huge role in that. And then also, uh, number two, and sort of related, but like what techies are looking for, like, I think it's just like the the, and so I would say that the demographic in the Bay Area and the music that they're searching tends to be more mainstream. There's a reason why Bill Graham has lines around the corner when a big name DJ comes to town. But, you know, for your no name, not not no name club, but like smaller club that's playing like a local artist, almost nobody goes. And so it's just like there the also the demand for driving up that sort of scene is just not there. That's why I feel like you see most artists. And, and music talent and all that stuff come out of the Oakland than you would come out of San Francisco, just because I feel like they've promoted a lot more uh, in the East Bay. And therefore that's why you see a lot more artists come out of there. Um, mm-hmm. So that's just my take on, on, at least on the music scene of the Bay.
2: Uh, that's actually a good point. I mean, yeah. on both sides, you know, because like that was my original take, you know, obviously with the whole tech boom, you know, started way before before we even entered the workforce. Right. You know, you had people like- The dot coms like, and stuff like that. Yeah. Like yeah. Steve Jobs and- and stuff like that that kind of spurred it and then obviously with the influx of people coming into the bay area it was just different types of people but now that you do say that now that you did mention like you know people there are people that are like actively fighting for it now i do really do see it people you know trying to bring in like culture
0: yeah
1: (laughs) i would add also though that it's kind of the Bay Area's style to keep things under the radar and not make things really, really big, right? Like one example is like the Grateful Dead, right? One of the biggest bands to come out of the Bay Area. But they keep it more or less like I don't want to say like not necessarily mainstream, but like they keep it like to the people that want to listen to it, right? They don't try and shove it down everyone's throats and be, try and become top forty or anything like that, right? But they're like super, super deep into I
2: mean, it's kind of like, like if you know, like, with it's more of like, if you know, you know.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say not necessarily like, if you know, you know, like they're willing to share their music with everyone, but it's more like, um, I mean, you, like, you know how San Francisco is. It's like, how how long did it take for just a target to appear mm. in San Francisco? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's super like anti-corporate, um, you know, anti-big, right? And so I think that's maybe reflected in the music culture.
0: Definitely i also wonder if it's okay so like kind of building off of that one thing i'm then noticing as you brought up the grateful dead is that when i'm thinking about music artists that are from san francisco or famously from san francisco it's mostly rock bands in in my or like guitar based so i'm thinking like santana is really big Mm -hmm. uh it's from the bay i would also say journey metallica even who am I thinking Huey Lewis in the news. super random, but they like they were at some like nonprofit event that I went to and it was like people like went nuts. And so I think I'm, I'm, these are like older bands, definitely like older bands, right? you're talking like 80s, 90s. And so I guess it's like there's not a lot of new artists. and I think that speaks exactly to and again, not to kind of reinforce my own point, but like ever since the tech boom in like say early 2000s to now, that's why we've seen kind of that stifling, I would say of that music scene. And also with that, like again, we're talking about hip hop. Uh, artists and even EDM artists, like ones that we probably listen to the most, they're mostly out of, like you said, LA or, or New York or other parts. I would say that like the only musical artists in the in, in recent memory that I'd say come over the Bay Area that got like really, really big, I would say would probably be Kalani, right? Coming out of Oakland. You know, she went from, I think, being a local artist to like being on like uh, movie soundtracks. And so, you know, I think that she definitely blew up uh, in, in a great way, which is awesome to see her. And I think that like the Bay definitely claimed her too. Like, and I think that's the thing, like anytime we get a good artist that comes out of the Bay, we try and claim them. But to your point, Yim, of like trying to keep it local, like <laughs> Two Shorts, a great example, right? Yeah. It, I feel like two, uh, like yeah. it, when that song comes on, and you know exactly what song I'm talking about. I just can't, <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> um, uh, we'll just, just edit like, it out. I'm just kidding what's my favorite word and so i think every time i hear that or anytime anyone from the bay hears that it just goes, everyone goes nuts right but like yeah. i feel like if you're not from the bay you're like what what is like what what is this right so it almost is What a way is your like,
2: favorite word
0: <laughs> bitch. um so it's just it's uh it's to your point you my, i, I kind of get what you mean like definitely like there's this almost i don't wanna say secret society but like almost the sense of like if you know you know you know what i mean if you're from the bay and you're you you representative the bay you know these artists you vibe with these artists you you know you rep these artists and it's kind of one of those things oh you don't know that you're not from the bay you know what i mean and not right. to again almost going back to our asian enough episode of like being inclusive like i think i've tried to take more of a mentality of like spreading that rather than just being like oh you wouldn't understand you're not from the bay you know what i mean but i feel yeah. like bay Area people love to do that
1: yeah
2: yeah i'm kind of glad that you kind of brought that up because mm-hmm that is something a lot of people from the bay area actually resonate with it's like i don't know how to explain it. it's like that that instant connection when a song plays yeah and then you throw the this face and stuff mm-hmm. like that and another person like kind of recognizes it you, yeah. you might be in like new york or something like that and someone's just you know and you guys are just kind of like vibing and stuff like yeah. that oh yeah yeah i just i don't you know i'm really glad that you kind of brought that up
0: because <laughs> that my, that is some yeah my favorite moment in regarding to that is uh at coachella in like the i think they have, there's um the heineken tent yeah yes. at the heineken tent at coachella too short was an artist and i remember like i went in and it was like a bunch of people were filtering out but like you could just tell everyone there was from the bay like know. It, it, you know what i mean it was just like unanimously just like, everyone was wearing like everyone was had like flannels like wrapped around their waist you know what i mean like it just you just i just like there was like that look right and so i remember and then he came on and like everyone went nuts and anyone who wasn't like just going off, you were just like, they're definitely not from the bay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're definitely transplant, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, you My friend brought me out here, into-
1: <laughs> it's okay.
0: <laughs> you can also just tell by the way everyone was dancing too, just because, like, there's definitely a specific, you know what I mean? There's a very specific, like, just like all in one motion, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that just like, like you could tell whoever's getting down, you're like, okay, they're from the bay. And anyone was trying to like show off, or I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, just, like just <laughs> they're doing the walk it out. Yeah, yeah. Like they're <laughs> doing the lean with it, rock with it.
1: Am I doing it, guys? <laughs> and whipping and all way, like, what are
2: you doing? <laughs> like hitting the dougie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Anyways, you know when I was actually prepping this episode, I actually didn't know what the word high tea meant. Mm. I don't know if you guys know, but it was just one of those things where it's like I know what it is. I know the like the general idea of what it is. Yeah. But then I actually looked it up because it's just more curiosity. Yeah. Straight from E-40's mouth, it's just by boasting to the extreme. It's the struggle. It's the way we dress. It's our lingo. It's our culture, man. hy is just up-tempo music that makes you feel like you're doing, what, doing whatever when you dance. You know what I mean? Anybody can get hy-fi. is a worldwide thing.
0: And oh, so that's the, sick.
2: Something that if we just, I don't know if it's the right thing to do, but if, you, if we just peel peel it back what does what does hyphy mean to you and you know in a broader sense
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> man it's it's a good point it's funny when you when you brought this question i didn't necessarily know how to define it either i feel like it's just it's almost like how do you define cool like it's just it's just like a feeling almost right and so for me hyphy is more like a feeling but it's definitely like it's just i would say it's like hype it's just getting wild it's just expressing yourself almost, you know what I mean? And to me, it's just when you like let kind of all your cares go and just not give a fuck about what anyone else thinks. And that's what I, that's what hyphy really means to me in terms of just, you know, dancing however you feel like, you know, not giving a fuck what other people think, uh, just having a good time. Like that's, that's really what hyphy means to me.
1: Yeah. I um, put a lot of thought into this question. I'm not going to try and front because, <laughs> you know, I didn't grow up in Oakland. I never been to a sideshow or anything like that.
2: Yeah, I grew up in I Maryland, guess, Han, Han from the Burbs. Is the I know, it's man. the only one. <laughs> <like, laughs> Those was fake what? side shows, man. Come on, it's not real. I just own it, man. Yeah,
0: there
1: you go. No, absolutely. Just, just say, you've been. You've been. That's it, no, period. Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, when I think about getting hyped, you know, I think about, I, I immediately think about the surface of it, right? And my time in high school and all the cool kids that could flip the switch the moment a bass lap comes on. Mm-hmm. You know? And they just start gigging in their Air Force Ones and their tall tees in a manner that I have no business even trying. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it didn't even like it didn't even matter who's watching kind of thing they would just go and i'm just like damn i wish i was that cool but going even further than that when i imagine like going down and getting IV, i i imagine the bay community and i know it's kind of corny but like it runs i mean we've talked about it too like we, it runs so deep and when a slap comes on you'll know in a few seconds who's an implant and who was born here kind of thing and like Like the Bay Area is just a really tight-knit space and like I know it's not perfect and I'm boiling it down a lot here but everyone knows everyone. Like the landscape is not super spread out. The grind is familiar to everyone. The struggle is familiar to everyone. The style is familiar to everyone. Mm. You know everyone knows everyone and if you you know like if you even describe a place faintly someone from the Bay could probably recognize it. So when I say I imagine like the Bay community. I literally imagined the people living in the community together and all having that shared culture of the hyphy movement. You know what I mean? And so, mm. you know, I'm gonna take it a step further too. On top of that, and then I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Despite me going off about hyphy being a Bay Area community thing, it is not really restricted to those who were just born here. I've never really met anyone from the Bay who wasn't willing to teach someone about the hyphy movement who who like wasn't here when it was like going off. You know what I mean? The best example of this is when marshawn lynch took bart home after he got ejected from a raiders game and he was teaching like clearly a non-native on bart like how to fizzle dance kind of thing and i was like that's exactly how all bay area kids or like you know bay area people are when like they meet someone who doesn't know what the ivy movement is they're like oh imagine you're smelling piss like what does piss smell like what's the face you would make kind of thing everyone from the bay area is super happy to teach anyone about that you know what i mean so it's it is kind of like a oh if you know you know but there's also kind of like a pride that's passed on when like people teach it so you know that's kind of what i, I was alluding to earlier when i was like oh yeah I, like i kind of have something to say about um what you mentioned like it is kind of like a you know if you were here during the time and, and a slab comes on you're gonna know who else is, was here during that time but there, there's also like a pride in, in passing it on
0: yeah i mean just not to you off doug but just to Uh, go for uh, it not just to add on top of that too like absolutely you're right and i i I agree that it's something that i think we as a community and as uh as a community in the bay area i think it's something that we want to pass on like e40 said doug like you said to quote e40 hy is a universal thing, man. It's just, it's about going dumb, about going off. And, and like, I even the way that I described it what hy means to me, that's anybody. I think that we get so caught up in appearances or like even what you talked about in the beginning of the episode of just like, you know, what were you uh, ashamed to listen, not ashamed to listen to, but like, what did you listen to openly versus what you didn't? To me, the hy movement was about like, listen to music, dancing, however you feel like, just like, yeah. again, it's not, it's not attractive, right? It's like, put a like face it. like you smelled some piss is not a <laughs> like, oh, a cute or cool thing. It's just like, just, you know, fuck it. Just go off right you know what i mean yeah. and so it's just to me that's universal right and like you said you know i think it's about passing it on and bringing other people into the fold like it's not an exclusive thing it's definitely like if you want to know about it we want to bring you into it thing or we want to spread it out for sure and i think to me actually hyphy the hyphy movement never died i know that seems maybe a little far out there it definitely like it's not the peak of what it was when when we were growing up but to me there are still artists that come out of the bay that still have that same vibe i don't know if you guys are familiar with sob rve it's, we, uh, do
1: we see him at, a, or them, he, I don't know if it's honest, them, yeah, but did we see that entity at Coachella?
0: We did see them at Coachella, we did see them at Outside Lands, they were on the Black Panther album, and I remember listening to that album because I, I just, I really liked the, the movie and I liked the music in it, but there was one song in particular, I was like, yo, this sounds like a bass slap, <laughs> like, you know what I mean, and I looked it up, I was like, oh, sh- they're from Vallejo, like, yeah, like, that's what's up. Um, and so to me, like, it's still prevalent. It's still a signature sound of the Bay. And to me, there's still artists coming out. Yeah, so I, I definitely think that to me, the hyphen movement is not, still not over and will never die. You
2: know what's kind of crazy though, if you think about it, because of this whole like tech shift of like the culture right. of the Bay Area, we kind of grew up with the hyphen movement, but every other like generation after us, yeah. now I imagine it, it's going to be like, I'm going to be an engineer. Yeah, like, it's a different experience. If, I don't
1: know. I get it though. Like okay, I don't know if we're gonna have to edit this part out either. But like when I imagine like going to a sideshow, obviously I've never been to one so I don't know. But like when I imagine going to a sideshow, it's like everyone in the crowd, everyone there knows the Bay Area. They know all the spots to go eat, you know, they like they know the fizzle dance, they know the music, they know the restaurants or whatever else, like they know different parts of the city. You know, when you have those slabs going and you have that cohesiveness of knowing the hyphen movement and like I said, like knowing the struggle,
0: stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. Sorry. No, it's good. It's a great idea. Was good. I guess everything flowing. I mean, for a really good example of this for me, Doug, you said in terms of like how we grew up versus how the new is gonna grow up in the Bay. I'll give you a perfect example. It's just the Warriors, right? Warriors out of OCO um, and, and like during the, the crazy run from like 2014, 2015, 20, you know, up until uh, 2019, Anytime like you, even when they won regular games, especially during like the playoffs, whenever they won games, they always had DJ D sharp come out. to like the, like little quad area between Oco and the A stadium. And he would just play music and it was like, everyone would just get down after the game. You know what I mean? And like that's sort of like iconic to me in terms of what the barrier was about, the music, the community, and everyone just vibing around that. And he would always play like hyphy music too. You know, that one just doesn't exist at Oracle arena or sorry, it doesn't exist at chase center. Um, and so I think that's like a really, like, that's, I think a perfect metaphor for, you know, what we grew up with versus what the new generation grew up with in terms of like, again, outside DJ outside of Oco versus like big, beautiful, nice technologically advanced chase center, but kind of lost some of that culture. In all honesty,
2: you know, to me, at least if you take like that last part of his quote, where you know, it just makes you feel like doing whatever when you dance. And to me, that is what high feet high feet was to me you know obviously you kind of go to the club you go dumb and stuff like that but it was that thing where you just like you just didn't care no care in the world exactly you didn't care what the other person was looking at you and i kind of to me when i was writing this episode that was one of the things that i was like oh my god like that helped me develop to who i am now because me in high school versus like me now you know two different people i care less basically <laughs> Um, you know, I just care less about what other people think, and and even in the whole music, in terms of what I listen to. You know, I definitely try to like share as much knowledge as I can, if I'm right or wrong. I'm like I don't know, man. Anyways, that leads us to the final part, the rapid fire. For a road trip to LA, 90s R&B or 90s hip hop.
0: 90s r&b yeah i would pick on
1: 90s r&b too
2: so many sing oh, i'd probably do hip-hop i already know some of you guys answer for this mumble rap good for the industry or nah
0: i would say good personally i would say good terrible terrible for the industry absolutely not. i'm just kidding for the industry ooh, i don't know i still say bad <laughs> <laughs> I, I, th-
2: I thought it was great if you had to give one artist a shout out who would it be Damien Lillard. <laughs> nice. I need to uh, see that.
1: I need to see that soundtrack come out. I mean, not soundtrack, but I need to see
0: that, that album come out. I said it kind of in the episode, but S-O-B-X-R-B. Mine's
2: Purple Disco Machine.
0: Purple Disco Machine. The fuck?
2: It's like disco music.
0: That's nice. why they need the shot. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's why they need... I, know, I think they're pretty popular. Do you think hip-hop will eventually fade or evolve into something we don't like, or will it continue into the future as something that we listen to?
1: I think it'll evolve. I think it'll just... I mean, you know, there—it's a spectrum, right? I think there's going to be some people that want to stay honorable to the foundation of what it was built on, and I think there's some people that are going to want to do more with it, right? Like mumble rap, et cetera, et cetera, wasn't like a big thing back then. Now it is.
0: Yeah, I think it's impossible to predict, but it'll definitely evolve. I mean, to me, hip hop is an art. It's an art form. Mm. Like that's to me, that's not debatable. It's it, it is an art form. It's you know, based out of everything from poetry, to expression right so for me art always evolves right i mean art that was popular 10 years ago won't be popular 10 years from now and vice versa so yeah i think it'll constantly evolve um whether we like it or not we'll have to we'll have to see but someone's gonna like it as as i think society continues to evolve so hip-hop that was not rapid fire but i think it will continue
2: strong i think a part of it will always continue strong for sure but sorry music is slowly becoming not an art Mm. because people are Like basically, it's machine learning. People are creating like what sounds are popular are
1: currently popular and just
2: reproducing it.
1: That's a hundred percent true.
0: To counter that a little bit, I think there are still artists out there that have a voice, and those ones will always still find their way through. Like, like Billie Eilish is a perfect example of that. Where, okay, yeah. I think she, I mean, her pop, her music isn't "quote unquote" popular or celibate. Like her music isn't the the stereotypical kind of music you find these days. She's very unique in that sense. But then, I think there's a reason why people gravitate towards her music. There will always be genuine artists. To me, that will always stick out.
2: All right, last question: Is HiFi dead?
0: Nah, HiFi lives on. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a no <laughs> Absolutely for me.
2: Not. Absolutely i think that I it, it is funny though because e40 did say it is dead oh he did I, it, well like he yeah in like a two in 2007 but in my opinion is is not dead it's a mindset and i'll never It's his mindset that concludes episode four of just music from the bay i uh, hope you learned something about the you know the whole hyphy movement and stuff like that if you have any questions just definitely add us reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at 3 AD Podcast.
0: We know how precious time is these days, so we want to thank you for spending some of your time with us.
1: As you go on into tomorrow, go on unapologetically, go on as a positive force, and most importantly, go on with your bad self.